How's it going, Jonathan Washburn from Cleveland, Ohio? That's awesome. Yeah, we uh, we just passed our rain on to you uh, from Indianapolis, so uh, you're welcome. Yes, sir. So uh, this week, uh, one of the things I want to bring up is the Great Resignation. Um, have you heard anything about that on uh, on your readings uh, about real estate? Okay, uh, so this comes from the U.S. Department of Labor during the months of April, May, and June 2021. A total of 11.5 million workers quit their jobs. Recent studies indicate that it's likely not over. A survey of 30,000 workers conducted by Microsoft found that 41% are considering quitting, and that number jumps to 54% when G Gen Z is considered alone. Gallup found that 48% um, of employees are actively searching for new opportunities and Percio reported 38% of those that surveyed that they surveyed plan to make a change in the next six months. These are alarming figures, this article says. Um, so what is driving this? It says multiple, um, multiple or mostly variations on a theme. According to the survey conducted by LinkedIn, 74% uh, indicated that they spent their time at home, either during the shutdowns or working remotely, and it's caused them to rethink their current situation. Um, others point to dissatisfaction, even fear, caused by the knee-jerking, cost-cutting actions by their current employer in response to the COVID-19-related business slowdowns as a reason for, for bolting. So uh, I'm seeing that uh, as well with, uh, with this mandate. Uh, I've got... Um, <clears throat> I've got a, a new broker and her, uh, employer, um, we'll say, um, we'll say it's a drug company and, um, there were, uh, she just told me this, there were like 600, uh, reps that were, uh, in her business, um, doing her job. She said only 80 of them said they were not going to get the vaccine, this drug company decided to um, not even look at their exemptions. Um, and they, they openly admitted, hey, we got them, but we're not looking at them, and said they were going to put them on paid leave. Well, immediately they got you know served with a lawsuit. They've kind of backtracked since. Um, but now even 20 of the 80, so now there's only 60 remaining, are saying, hey, we're going to get the vaccine and, and move forward. Um, I spoke to numerous other people all across the country that – the numbers might be more than that. Um, there's a truck. So my parents moved to Arizona and there was a, a truck driver there who works for a, a grocery store. And he said um, a lot of the drivers are already behind and a lot of the drivers are like, hey, we're going to quit if they force this uh, mandate. We're we're not getting the vaccine. We're just going to we're going to do our thing. Um, I feel like that could be a, a big problem in the real estate market if, if these businesses slow down. Um 
that that could be a problem. I will say I've kept an eye on our vaccination rate in Indiana. Three or four months ago, we were at like 46%. We're now pushing like 50, 51%. So I think, uh, you know, from what I've heard from people, um, one of one of my uh, acquaintances went and, and got the vaccine and she was bawling, you know, when she was getting it and, you know, she couldn't quit her job. Um, so she decided that she was going to get it. And, and so that that's the other side of the story is not everyone is quitting. Um, certainly if they've got a job where they can't go anywhere else, you know, they're going to just have to suck it up. But for those people that have an option or think that they even have an option and they're very hardcore against vaccination, they are they're hitting the hitting the, the door. So.
So, for the first time that I can remember, um, a builder, a builder, is uh, actually slowing down and not selling out immediately. What I mean by that is uh, there's a company. Do you have Fisher Homes out there? Um, no, I don't think so. Okay. So, um, and you remember Westfield, very hot area right now, um, has been for the last number of years. But uh, there was a neighborhood that they were opening and uh, I had some customers that were interested in, in getting in there. And, you know, we're talking about base like 600K. You know, that, that's about really where you're going to be at to be in this neighborhood. Um, and so they said, they're, oh, you have to have a waiting list. And the last time we did this, uh, six months ago, um, the rep was like, I pulled my car over to like register them because you have to register like at the same time that it opens, you got to pick the right slot. And we sold out in, you know, a matter of minutes. So you want to make sure that you're in. And, and we were, we were like prepping up. And then my customer was like, um, she's like, you know what? Like, I'm not really going to, uh, put in that, this kind of money right away. Cause they want to like 10% down. And, you know, so within 30 days, you've got to be willing to, to fork over, you know, like, almost 70 grand, you know, in a minute. And even at that price point, most of the time you don't have to have that kind of money. But with Fisher, that was what they were requesting as a 10% down. Um, so we get a, we get an email like last week and they're like, Hey, we didn't sell out of the lots and like, okay. Um, that's interesting. And she's like, so, you know, we're willing to, to work with you and, and, Oh, by the way, we're not going to require the 10% now. Like we can get it down to maybe five. Well, then my customer's like, well, are you, you know, the lot premiums are another thing that's went absolutely nuts. Like used to lot premiums would be like, you know, 5,000 or, you know, 10,000 on the lake or whatever. But now it's like, it's 40,000 if you want woods and 65,000 if you want a pond. Well, shoot, like that's crazy. That's what the lot costs, the, the developer, not the premium. Like, um, so it, it, and they're like, well, are the premium lots like able to, to be negotiated? And, and they said, yes, probably a little. And so for the first time, um, you know, since I can remember a builder is willing to back off of their, you know, this is what we want. And so I think that that's interesting. It's a telling thing. Um, however, just this week we, I listed and sold one in 20 minutes. Literally I listed it in the system. I get a call I go show the property and I mean, it, it literally, I guess it took two hours to get, uh, everything signed up, but basically 20 minutes from the time I listed it time to get a phone call. Um, and so it, it is all over the board still. Um, you know, we, we had one last week where, uh, there was 18 offers. We were one of 18, you know, so there are definitely things in the market that are, um, uh, there, it's not consistent. And, and I would say what I see is the uh, some of the higher end homes are taking a minute. You know, 250 or less, they still sell super quick. Um, a lot of times for cash. Um, and it's the local investor. We talked about this before. It's, it's not BlackRock. Now, I've gotten some offers from some big companies, but, uh, you know, it's still uh, it's still the local guy, you know, that has 20 or less homes. Oh yeah. Very good seller's market two years ago. Um, but two years ago, uh, if you were trying to buy something in the like one fifty to two twenty five range, it was crazy competitive. But if you got above that, it was a little bit less so. 
last, you know, probably six months is there's actually less competition for those 150 homes right now. Uh, I'm working with a couple of borrowers, like in the 100 to 160 range, and I know. You know, in that something, I had the exact same feeling um, this week. I I did one um, that same price, and um, you know, even at the closing, it was like it, it just wasn't the same as. I mean, even at the closing, it, it, so you get the check, and it's there was a time where that would have been nice, like hey, hey, babe, we're going out to dinner, you know, like it was one of those. And now it's 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 almost, and I hate it. It's it's almost like nothing. Like, you know, it's, it's not even, it, it's just another day. And, um, I, I don't like that. I don't like that feeling. Um, I think, uh, there's a lot of things, you know, that it's just the world is so busy. You don't get to enjoy sometimes. Um, I mean, that's what it was. I mean, I was late for every single appointment that day because of the delay in the, in the closing. But even, even up to that time, you know, and I even got more than what I was expecting because, like, uh, you know, I guess he added some things to the build or whatever and was like, oh, was like, okay, well, that's, that's great. You know, I think it started at, like, maybe 260 and ended up at, like, 300. So, um, but, yeah, the times are, times are different. Um, it's also interesting to put yourself in that, that, that buyer's feel, you know, feeling and, um, I remember back when that would have been a price point that I was, you know, in, and that would have been a lot of money. It'd been like, oh man, where was it? Three hundred thousand dollars. Like this is great. And then you look what you get, and you're back to what you could afford at two hundred thousand almost. You know, I mean, realistically, that's about how much it's gone up. Um, and a two hundred thousand dollar price, you know, you, you tell someone like that, say, hey, you know, go down a little bit so you could have more money to to put into the the pot to to raise your uh, uh, the look of your offer being, you know, be, but, but who wants to do that, right? Like who wants to go back in a price point? They want to get that top, uh, thing. So unfortunately, um, for your folks, if they're waiting until March, I mean, that's that, uh, maybe they can build. I mean, I don't know if that's an option with them, but that's, that's really what I'm telling people. Look, Hey, you can wait to find something. You could start the process building and get exactly what you want and, you know, that that's that's really what I've what I've seen be a success lately is just go ahead and build it. Yeah. No, especially it's the the building route right now is, is very attractive because um you're you're going to pay more, right? We understand that. Materials are up. Um but you're gonna pay more in an already built home too. And there's not going to be the level of competition to get that home that you are when you're trying to already built so um you know just from like a hey yeah 
All right, explain this to me. Uh, that closing I just had—that's what happened. You actually—you uh, actually did pre-approve them. Um, they had—they went with the builder because of what you said. We get to closing, and she at the closing table says uh, the title closer. She says, "Oh, it looks like you bought down your points." And I was like, uh, "You just said that you wanted to refinance now because you had your twenty percent." I mean, literally, he built a home and should have his twenty percent very soon, if not immediately, because um, he signed the contract um, January of this year. So prices hadn't really gone gone crazy and he said he bought points i said well that's you know not great because you you paid your points down you're i mean you really need to wait for a minute to recoup that because in my mind points cost a thousand fifteen two thousand three thousand i mean you could you could spend a lot he's like no no worries it was only like two hundred dollars i'm like oh okay well that seems interesting um and so the the closer pulls the papers and she's looking she's like no, sweetie, it's twenty four hundred, and and he's like, oh, okay. Well, he was a young guy, and, and his dad was there, and he's like, well, we're here now. Like, it was just one of those things. I mean, this builder's terrible, um, and and the loan process is, has not been that great. And he's like, huh? And she goes, who was your lender? And he said, and she goes, mm, not going to say anything about that one. And I guess that what this lender. So explain this uh, to me and other folks. Like this lender. Gave him the money to use her, right? Two or $3,000, you know, use our loan. And then buys down points with that money, and he doesn't even really know it. And apparently this isn't the first time. It probably is a string of, of times that that has happened. What benefits has the lender gotten on the backside of that curtain? And if you need more information, maybe I'm not providing. Yeah, no, so this is, this is a great thing to talk about. I think it's going to be helpful for a lot of people listening. Um, and I want to I want to try to talk about this as charitably as possible to both sides, okay? Um, because if, normally, if you talk to a loan officer, he or she will be furious about this, and they will be screaming up and down that the builder and their in-house lender are doing things that are not legal, okay? Um, and I will admit that a lot of this is like gray area fringe legal, okay? Um, well, let's let's start out with let, let, let's start out with the builder's perspective, okay? So that we can understand this. If you're a builder, um, you're going to spend three hundred thousand dollars building a home for someone who's going to pay you three hundred fifty thousand dollars for it, right? But you're going to spend three hundred thousand dollars in six months building a home. If the person that signed the contract to build the home is all of a sudden unable to buy it at the end of the, the term and it's built. You can see how this could be very bad for you, right? You built a home for somebody that was pre-approved to purchase this home but actually wasn't able to close the loan. Um, this could be disastrous for a builder. So because of that, builders want to want to know that the people that are buying their house really are pre-approved, really are going to be able to close at the end. So they are going to, 
seller of a home into making sure that this person is really good and pre-approved, right? Because again, if that deal falls through, they're, they could be in a lot of trouble. So what they're often gonna do is they're gonna have what we call preferred lenders, which are, hey, we've worked with these three banks in the past and we trust them. There's a lot of banks out here that are not giving good to pre-approvals. There's a lot of banks out here that are cutting corners and that we don't really wanna work with. We trust these three banks. If you use one of these three banks, one of these four banks, I've seen lists of, with as high as six, which is pretty cool. I've also seen lists with only one, which is actually the norm, right? Um, but like, let's be as charitable, charitable as possible to builders. Um, I'm building a home right now. I talked to a builder. He said, you can use one of these six banks because we trust them, right? And if you use one of these six banks, we'll give you six grand back towards your closing costs. Do you see why they would have the incentive to do that? They are protecting themselves, right? And do you see why the buyer would have incentive to use one of those those lenders? Oh, I get $6,000 free um, if I use them? Cool, let's do it. Um, that's the mindset behind the builder wanting to use a certain lender. Um, it is to protect them. And they get away with it by saying, hey, we are the seller. We are allowed to negotiate the terms on any sales contract, right? I can choose to give you $5,000 for seller concessions or to not give you some $5,000 on seller concessions, right? The gray area is, are you allowed to make these concessions contingent on steering somebody to somebody else? Because that's basically what this is, right? And we could call this an inducement to purchase. Hey, if you use this company, I've seen unbelievable deals by builders. I've seen, we'll give you $15,000 towards kitchen upgrades, right? I'll give you $8,000 towards closing costs. I'll buy your rate down two points. I've seen crazy stuff. I've seen, the most I ever saw was basically what amounted to a $22,000 credit. And when they do this, I can't even lose money on the loan and beat that deal, right? And I've tried, right? My sister, I, I love very few people in this world more than my sister, right? My sister was building a home. And she's like, she really wanted to use me. And I told her, it's okay, Jennifer, you're not going to be able to. They're going to give you a deal that I can't touch. And they're like, well, let's just try. I'm like, okay, we'll try. And then she comes back. I'm like, yeah, if, if my branch loses three grand on this loan, I can give you this, and it's still $2,000 short of what they're giving you, right? So this leads to the next question, how? Isn't that branch losing money? Isn't that bank losing money? Well, here's the second part that is often very shady. Usually, the builder owns the mortgage company that they want you to use, right? So Ryan Homes is, a, is an example. They have their own mortgage company, NVR Mortgage. So um, they are gonna sell you the house, and then if you use their lender, even if they lose money on that originally, they're still keeping that paper for 30 years. They're doing more than okay, right? So, honestly, here's what I here's what I tell people. Here's what I tell most people when they want to work with me, but they're going to use they're going to build. I say number one, I'm happy to get you pre-approved, but do not feel bad when they tell you to talk to their lender and they're giving you a better deal than me. I say don't feel bad when their deal is better and you want to take it. Okay, take it. All right, it's a better deal for you. You're gonna get a fifteen thousand dollar upgraded kitchen? I can't give you that. I want you to have that. Um, but what I typically tell them is, 
all their upgrades to upgrade to update your house, right? But you can always take maybe a higher interest rate and then refinance with me down the road. Because sometimes if they give you six thousand dollars in closing costs, you could actually do that loan for free if you wanted. Right? You could do that first loan for free. Take, you know, take just the, the, the base rate, do that first loan for free. That's awesome. And then if rates are better six months from now, maybe I can refinance with you. That's really not a good route to go right now because rates are going up. Um, but that's that's how it all happens, right? And like I said, I tell everyone that I work with, even my sister, right? I would I would have happily lost money on her to do a loan for her, right? Because I want to make sure that she's being treated rightly. But even if I lost money, I couldn't come close to what they were offering. So like Jennifer, best thing for you, take this deal. And yeah, we can be mad about the fact that they won't let you do work with me, or you can get that free those, those free kitchen upgrades, right? With, you know that that's just the better route. So, um, I will say this though, I've I've probably been a little bit too nice towards the builders. Let me let me let me take this opportunity to um, provide a word of caution. Most of the loan officers that work for these in-house lenders are inexperienced um, and less knowledgeable. And I have seen lots of mistakes made, like a lot more mistakes than would be made by, um, you know, my friends in the industry that are like actual career, you know, lenders. Um, So I would say it's it's a tough thing, right? I know I've talked a lot and I'll I'll let you get in here, Um, but it's a fact, right? Let's say I were, I would provide you two options, Michael. I'd say, Michael, option one, uh, the whole process is smooth. It's awesome. We close on time. There's no stress. There's no anxiety, right? Versus option two, the entire thing is terrible. We close three weeks late. You're stressed out the entire time, but you save $7,000 on closing costs, and you have an interest rate that is a fourth better than the other guy. Which one would you choose? I'd probably take the one that was stressful and save the money, to be honest. A lot of people would. <laughs> I get it. I would too. Wait, you're going to save me a quarter percent on the interest rate over the next 30 years and $7,000 in closing? Okay. Sign me up for that, for that hassle, right? Yeah. And that's usually how it goes with the in-house lender, by the way. And I just want to tell people this up front. Like, look, this is, here's your two options. I could probably like, make the whole process wonderful for you, but you're going to spend an extra six grand in closing, plus my interest rate is going to be a little bit higher because they're literally choosing to do it this way to force you to use them. Um, so go with them, but just understand it's not going to be fun, right? <laughs> just set those expectations up front. If I was a realtor working with my barbers, that's, that's what I would tell them all. Look, come talk to John. He's really good. He'll tell you what you need to know. Um, ultimately, he may not be able to help he's probably not going to be able to give you as good of a deal as the other people, right? Um, but we just want you to know, like, going in, like, we try to give you another option. John's good. This is the best you can do. It's not close to what the builder can do, right? Um, so we're going to go with the builder, and at certain points, you're going to hate him. You're going to hate that loan officer. They're going to ask you for 400 different things you don't need. Um, but at, at the end of the day, this is why we did it, for that cold hard cash, baby. And that's, you know, that's what we're, uh, that's what we're doing. So, so a couple things. Um, first, did you uh, did you see any scenario where that individual lender benefited from getting 
from not telling maybe the full story or making sure that my client understood how much he was paying for those points, my initial thought is if she hijacked his $2,000 credit that he was getting to buy the points, in essence, she's saving his plan B, which was refinance soon because he's got now a rate that has been brought down. It's going to be very difficult for him to refinance at a, six months later at a better rate. And so she's locked in that she's going to get paid on that loan. Is that maybe what you um, see as well? Or was there maybe a, something else that you see like, hey, if you get, a, if you get a, a borrower to pay down points, we'll give you an extra 2%, you know, or something like that. Like, uh, do you, are you aware of any benefits that way? That's interesting. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to switch gears on you. And uh, so this article was, uh, this was done back in August. Uh, so as you can imagine, this, that's how long I've had it saved for us to talk about. It says six things to know about the housing market's big shift, but I still think it's relevant because I do see a change in the market and wanted to kind of go over these points with you. Um, <clears throat> this says between April 20 and April 21 uh, years, that the number of homes on Realtor.com fell 53% as buyers snapped up everything. So 50% in a, in a year, um, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, it says in the recent few months, uh, inventory finally rose again. Um, it climbed up 23% in May. So I feel like that's, uh, you know, with the increased inventory, it's good news for home buyers, but uh, it's still very competitive out there. Um, all right, we're also seeing... It's still, it's still, it's an increase to all-time lows, right? <laughs> you know, we were at, we were at 60-year lows, and so now we increased, so we're still like 58-year lows, right. right? You know, so it's, yeah, it's better, but it's not good yet. Yep. Um, and this is, I, I feel this in our market. I don't know if you've seen it yet, but uh, I'm sure you have. 
it's the home buyers are finally pushing back at record prices. Um, 17% year over year is what CoreLogic says. Our prices went up. And uh, says this, this guy says, when you're talking 17%, that's four times the national income growth. That's not sustainable and it's not healthy, right? So that's kind of what I've been saying for, for quite some time is, right, like when you get your... Um, you get your quarter an hour raise, your dollar fifty an hour raise, you know, per uh, per job. You know, that, that's a drop in the bucket compared to what you're spending on the other side. Um, I talked to my neighbor; he works at a big um, a big security company, and he's in charge of like I want to say he said it was half a million dollars in in uh, materials. He he goes to to China and other places of the country, like or other places of the world that he buys material for, and and he said that. When he loses a customer, I'm, I'm sorry. When he loses an employee at a hundred thousand dollars, it's a hundred and a quarter to replace him. And right. and so you know he's kind of seeing uh, the um, the the shift in just inflation, right? Like I I've not looked at you know what a gallon of milk kind of thing has gone up. You know I'm sure that it, it has gone up significantly. Um, but that is that would be interesting to kind of look at, see what all of those prices. I know um, one of the things that really irks me about fast food, I never go, but I mean, pricing is crazy. It seems like uh, when you go to a fast food for, for four people, but then also, yeah. uh, you know, to, to the other point earlier is the time, right? Like, have you been to a, a restaurant when you're like, and you're like, it's, it's six o'clock, where is everyone? And it's like, sorry, we're only open yeah. till five. <laughs> of what your 
Christian body, right? So, you know, that it, it's when you, when you get to spread this stuff out over 30 years, um, it doesn't hurt you as bad as you think, right? Um, so it, I, I see economists talk about this all the time. You know, income uh, increases have only done this and as housing prices have done this. But, like, you got to raise a house price by 20 grand to increase the mortgage payment by 100 bucks. And a hundred dollar a month raise doesn't seem like a lot, but that covers the higher house payment, right? So if you've got a two dollar raise, um, which again, none of us would be like, oh, that's amazing, right? That's not like this huge thing. That's still probably small and in, in, in incremental raise. Uh, a two hundred, a two dollar a month raise for an hourly employee, technically, he could now spend like he could probably afford like a house of like thirty grand more um, on the on the total price. Yeah, that's uh, that's good. Um, and I'm, I'm just looking at things the opposite way just, just for, just because, um, so it, it's definitely has a positive to it. Um, the negative that I would see is, um, they can go up to, to that 17, but they're, they're still spending half of their raise just to afford the house that, that went up. And, and at that price point, you're still competing with people that are going to spend, it seems like, you know, $10,000 cash lower, you know, and. And so usually the people that are getting the one dollar at at that price and they they would never be able to or it would take them years to save ten thousand dollars to be able to compete with other people that are like yeah we're so that's the difficult thing uh, on that I I think I appreciate you breaking down the numbers like that because there are people that will probably see that uh, as a as a huge benefit and a huge breath of fresh air the other thing is uh, when I look at those numbers and we were talking about fast food so we would go from like an eight dollar to now i'm seeing fifteen dollar painted in the window so they're doubling their money right like so so for those folks um the story is actually pretty good um for for what they could have afforded and now what they can afford um if if they want to get the hours
Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Hey, John, uh, let's wrap it up for today. Uh, can you give us some positive thoughts uh, for the week? Yeah, I'll give you some positive, some positive thoughts with a little bit of sarcasm at the end. I think those are some of the best ones. Sorry. I agree. Love it. All right. Till next time. Thanks, John.